I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Previously, the group escaped both the Cellar and the Brotherhood of Iron. Now, while flying high in the Gambler, the group plots their next move. You guys, to know about the gossip, did you know the Brotherhood of Iron and the Syndicate are allies? Or maybe even the same thing? Also, the doppelgangers control the jump rail. Anyway, that's the gossip. <laughs> Vasa just not knowing. She not knowing. She's like, I knew it. I knew it. I told you, told you guys not to get involved with them. I knew it. But overall, she's um, the the tension in her shoulders uh is finally pretty much completely gone. She's like she she like she now goes to the edge of the ship. She puts her hands on the edge and she just like exhales a deep sigh, like a super deep sigh. But Roberto <laughs> is a little bit worried though. He says, uh, "Grandma, were you able to get my cat?" <clears throat> <laughs> or it'll be uh <laughs> freezes. Um The cats with the doppelgangers. <gasps> Aw, okay. <laughs> I found the cat. I'm, I'm... Doppelganger's another word for heaven. He went to a nice farm. With the doppelganger. They all look just like you now, Roberto, so there's no uh, words. Erdl would, would approach Roberto and like stroke the side of his face and say, like, I met this beautiful young halfling girl. She she just loved that cat so much. I couldn't bear to separate the two of them, so the cat's going to live with the doppelgangers now. It's got a very good home with that little halfling girl. Oh. Mm, I, I guess that's okay. Um, at least, you know, he's with, or he or she is with a happy, being happily taken care of, and I should find comfort in that fact. So, thank you for that trying. That is totally dead in the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> it got lost in the dark and it starved. It's amazing. Um, but thank it you for trying. To <laughs> and I, I really appreciate the effort. Thank you. And uh, Vasa would actually go over to Bramastone, and I'm assuming Claiborne, because, you know, they're joined at the hip now. And she would just, you know, take a moment. She's to... actually not around. Oh, where is she? Where is she? Don't know. Oh, anyway, uh, Vasa would go over to Bramastone. Her first thing would be like, oh, Bramastone, where's your girlfriend? But then, um, not, not upon not receiving an answer, she would just kind of lay a hand on Bramastone's shoulder and would say, uh, Master Dwarf, you saved us down there. Thank you. We got lucky. Luck had nothing to do with it. It was your skill that saved us. The impenetrable cellar, and we got out. Thanks to you. And, you know, doppelgangers, but yeah, you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. And your girlfriend, where is she, by the way? I, uh... I ah, love her spat, huh? And she just kind of, like, nudges Rumblestone in the side. Oh. Rumblestone goes back to his book. <laughs> it would you would be the book about uh, Gareth's like all like writing. It's he's just going back to like deciphering it. 
would the mm-hmm. gambler captain have shown up to Ertlebee's arrival? Nope, he's asleep. He's in bed with Claiborne? <gasps> what a twist! What a twist! Um, well, since the group is all mostly gathered here, um, Blasso would sort of propose to groups like, so we're going back to Phallus, right? We're going to get Tompkins? Oh, yes. Um, that's probably where we should go, see if he's okay. Isn't that, what is it, not our original goal? To get Tompkins and continue on our mission? Yes. It seems like we've got the shards here, so unless you have a lead on another shard, Tompkins is our best bet. That's what it sounds like. We might pass him like ships in the night. (laughs) That's that's my number one concern, since we did send a lot of letters to that guy. um, (laughs) That he's like somewhere between Phallus and here. And we told him to stay. We told him to stay in Phallus. Did we? I thought we told him to come to us. No, I thought we told him to stay wherever we left him. There might be two different messages. Oh no! Oh no! Whoops! Why on earth would we have sent any message to Tompkins to come to us in Cog? People were just writing letters willy-nilly. No one really (laughs) proofread each other's letters, so... Well, there's only one person who's been sending out letters. (laughs) Go to the place! Who wrote the letter? I can always write more letters. Um, (laughs) However... The letter to telling him to come to Cog came much later than the letter we sent to stay where he was, right? Wait, we, we wrote a letter to him. We sent the raven... When we were still on the airship, right? The first letter that went out uh, via Raven told him to stay there. Subsequent letters might or might not have been sent by another party member with varying degrees of instruction. Well, either way, sounds like we should go to Phallus and hear from Monty where Tompkins went. I think you're right. The only thing that... I am slightly worried about his <clears throat> long-ass trip back there. And that's <clears throat> when uh, the captain burst out of uh, his, ca- uh, his quarters, and he's like, Did you say a long trip? Oh, no, 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 no. What? It'll be a much shorter trip, because we're going through the Durango Mountains. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I don't want to waste a week and a half going around the mountains when you guys can just... The bodies of the Venari and the carcasses of the Lightning Harvesters are worth so much gold. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, we are out of gold. That will totally split those profits. Interesting. <laughs> Basa kind of like, well, we already did kill like half of them. Uh, money, gold. Mm, yeah, Basa. with a javelin that we don't have anymore. And Benjamin says, before all of that, I will have to make my leave. Are you going to do jump off the side of the ship? <laughs> no, I'm hoping someone takes me down lower. <laughs> My raven can help. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the captain arranges for the ship to be lowered. And uh, on the way down, he says, it's been an absolute pleasure running into you again. And, it, you know, I worry. I don't have to. And that's what I learned today. And that <laughs> makes me really happy. And he just gives you another hug. Ertlebee hugs back really hard, and then she steps back, and she curtsies. 
<laughs> he just kind of laughs and then um he says goodbye to the rest of you good luck with your adventure and then he turns to tin and he kind of nods a little bit and he says we'll meet again until then and then he positions himself at the end of the deck and uh waits till he's low enough to lower himself via rope is tin gonna be the new master so he just dropped him off in the middle of nowhere <laughs> Yep, he's just gonna walk. Whoa. Types. That's so manly. <laughs> no, that's Benjamin Manly. Vasa would ask the gambler captain, she was, he would say, what sort of defenses do you have against the lightning flying creatures? Precious little. Precious little. Ah, oh, captain. My oh, captain. That's just gonna make it exciting when I watch you guys absolutely rake in the money. Uh huh. Well, Captain, can your ship actually do the dippy dodgy thing that you? No, no, no. Well, Captain. No, I thought we. I thought we knew. Captain, when we it comes just... to those stories, you have to ground it in a grain of truth. That's no, those I wasn't going to tell you originally. Those are the... Well, it isn't grain. The 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 grain is that the ship can fly. Well, what's, what, Everything what, what around else their, that. What else is their ship capable of, Captain? Well, we have the steam copters, which are pretty sweet. Can they shoot arrows? No, you have to use two hands to drive them. Captain, did you ever actually face down these lightning creatures? <laughs> Captain! Captain, the art of a good fib is that there's a grain of truth. The art of a good fib is the payoff, and you believed me. <laughs> I didn't believe you! I believed that there was a grain of truth! That's all I needed. I was <laughs> there. Captain, Captain. Well, when, well, you Think know. Sit. Over the, okay, so here we go. Right now we're sitting in a situation where. You know, Captain Gideon may have been a smarmy little smuck fart. Yeah. But he at least had a ship that was capable of fighting those lightning things. Well, then. <laughs> and then, and then she, she kind of sighs and she says, I didn't mean that. He is a smarty fucktart. This is a glorious ship. Captain, Captain, no, Captain, look at me. Let's call it even. You completely lied to my face. I told you I didn't want to tell you the lie, and you said, no, please lie to me. No, I said, please tell me a good story. And, you know, Captain, we're just going in circles now. What's the difference? Captain, let's focus on the point right now. With what we have, I don't think we can survive going through again. But you guys killed so many. With Gideon's ship and Gideon's potions and Gideon's Gideon, rope killer. Gideon, he walks away. Boss is like, he'll be better by the morning. Roberto wants to point out that both Tin and I have no gear. And no, well, Tin has a, a gun. Yeah, speak for yourself. Oh, yeah. Vasa yeah, um, <laughs> would have taken her rapier from Ertleby and she would sort of hold it out to Roberto and be like, can you use this? Um, yeah, I can actually. Thank you. I mean, like, Tin is kind of tempted about, like, I mean, she doesn't want to be attacked, but there's benefits of we'd get there faster, and if we were attacked, or we could, I don't know if those bodies would still be there, but we could potentially try and scavenge bodies for food, or food. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like we could, we have that food. money could be used for, to restock up the people we don't have supplies. Maybe buy a cat. <sighs> A what? Why? It sounds like the group is actually wanting to go the shorter route and risk potentially running into the flying creatures again. 
I think so. I say let's I, let's do it, but let's also like like talk to Claiborne first to make sure we're not being total idiots. So where's Rumblestone? Where is your girlfriend? And then Vasa would step out of the room to look, walk around, and look for Claiborne. Roboto says, "Who cares?" Rumblestone <laughs> <laughs> would, if he knew where she was. You might go look for her. Well, she's got her own room down there, so you could go there. It's the middle of the night. That's true. She's probably sleeping. Uh, she wouldn't well, be if you were with her. <laughs> oh! Yeah. We can. Then Vasa would just be like, alright, we can talk about this in the morning. Let's go to bed. Yeah, if we don't have to make the decision right now, let's yeah. all Let's have a rest. long rest. Let's everybody have a nice long rest. Oh, wait, we can't because we're still sharing the shard necklace thing. All right. Oh, we gave it to Ertleby. Me. I've got it. Yeah, I took that. All right. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, because she also had to rest earlier to get her a little. All right. So we'll just cycle through again. Like every three hours we switch somebody. You can't get a long rest that way. Well, never. Nobody can get a long rest. So the three of us can each sleep eight hours in a 24-hour period with two of us awake at any point in time. Do you want to just do that? Like, But we we should decide then where we're going because we can't have the ship that's staying in the the air still for 24 hours. It should be going... Ship's already moving. Yeah, but we need to tell it where to go. It's already going somewhere. What we'll do is... Like yeah, we may not have this decision to make. <laughs> like, like we, go we, get, we, go, we come out on deck, and he's already <laughs> positioned us right in the center of the Domorgo Mountains. Look, I, I do have this thing that makes it look like we've made lightning, and I've already waved it a bunch of times. So they're coming. <laughs> Here comes the prophet, guys. You guys got this. <laughs> be From the top of the mountain is comes the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Brummelstone should rest since he was injured during the fight. So Ertlebe uh, gives the necklace to Brummelstone. And then it's like, you sure you don't want to go spoon Claiborne? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> she says it in a less pervy way. Rumblestone <laughs> does not know how to take it in any other kind of way. <laughs> Alright, so Rumblestone's taking a rest. Yeah, yeah Rumblestone <laughs> awkwardly would just do that like a... <laughs> just like silently walks out of the room, doesn't even answer. Right, Alright, so Brummelstone's the one that rests up. Eight hours later, people are tired. Brummelstone is the only one who does not take on a level of exhaustion um, besides the the Forge. Why? Um, With your crazy sleep schedules and the fact that you guys aren't sleeping at this point either, you take on one level of exhaustion, which is just disadvantage on ability checks. Okay, whatever. Yavaz is pretty exhausted. Now that the stress of surviving the cellar has passed, like just like the adrenaline collapse. That's kind of it's like yeah, it's the whole thing. So yeah, so we wouldn't have disadvantage, me and Roberto, or you don't get tired like this. You don't need sleep. Excellent. I think it's just Jane and me. Yeah. Well, then why do we give it to Brum? If you even like offered Brummelstone the chance of sleep, he just like passed out. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're not even yeah. trying. It's, it's like and you don't get great sleep from it, but you do get sleep, so. So the next morning, everyone's kind of gathered together, I assume? Yes. yes. Alright. Time for Brummelston to pass off the sleep stone to Vasa. 
Yeah, Vasa takes it and she, she has like dark bags under her eyes and she just kind of mumbles. She's like, you know what my thoughts are. And she goes to find her quarters to pass out. <laughs> yep. So you Finally, we can do some full. real planning. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh. You guys are all sitting around a table having breakfast and you guys have actually been traveling the whole time. Like the ship's been moving the whole time, like day and night. Wait, mm-hmm. did we ask where I was going? No, we, we did. No, not yet. Captain, where's the ship going? Uh, he's walking by with a coffee, and he's like, uh, we're heading around the mountains to be safe. I'm pretty okay with this. Can we roll a perception check to see if he's lying? <laughs> <laughs> sure. It'd be insight, actually. I thought he wanted to kill... I got a one, so... No. <laughs> Captain, yeah, you can't get a beat on him. Captain, I thought you wanted to kill a flying thing. No, no, no. No? Change your mind like that? Okay. That's cool. Good. I'm glad. Freaking humans. Freaking racist, and he walks away. <laughs> Sorry, I mud- oh, I guess I muttered it under my breath, but I guess he heard me. <laughs> Dang. He's so wounded and sad. <laughs> oh, no. Like, he, you get the feeling that he didn't even have to come through this way with his coffee. No. <laughs> Like, he made it a point to no, come. I'm, like his, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Captain, what your name is. Anyway, so, um, and you, you, when you look outside later on that day, you see he is. He's taking the nice long way around, not risking getting the ship into any kind of fight, stuff like that. Um, and it's pretty calm on the ship for the next week and a half. I spend yes! the time looking if any dwarves <laughs> have any kind of musical ability on the ship. Are they dwarves? They're too big. They they've been running the ship twenty four hours. The captain seems to want to get there as fast as possible. So, but does anyone own an anyone on the ship own an instrument? No, no. Oh. Uh, during this time, Ertleby would try and like bond with the captain. She'd be like, like he's sad, and she's like, "Hey, captain, would you like to have a who can hold their breath longest competition?" And uh, he says, "I do not want to find out how badly I would be, you know." <laughs> no, you said you're scared to take on a little old lady. Oh, that's. I'm scared fine. of a little old lady going to some kind of attack. Oh, here I go! Time to hold my breath. <gasps> <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> Classic. I would have uh, spent this time. Pulling out my special book about the history of Oremus and sharing it with mm-hmm. uh, Claiborne and talking about the lore. So you study a little bit more about it and see what it, like what its theories are. Go, yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> <laughs> that was at least twenty seconds, you coward. <laughs> um. If you spend time reading it together and going over it, the the theory it seems to have, it posits the theory that there is there was a small group of people who had control over the timelines of Obrimos. And it thinks that they had the ability to basically control the ebb and flow of time on Obrimos, constantly reshaping it, trying to make it perfect. And when they were unhappy with areas, like cities and stuff like that, they would arrive in those areas and wipe them out of time. Whoa. Are you sharing that with the group as well, or just, um... 
what would be with Claiborne? And then I would tell the other group, but I imagine it would sound like a nerd seminar. Like it would be like a PowerPoint and they would just, Roberto would fall asleep and Tim would be like, chill, dude. I get it. Like, whatever. <laughs> During this whole time, um, uh, Rumblestone and Claiborne is spending. Um, Roberto never lets them not know the fact that he's grossed out by them, but for some reason he inexplicably follows them around. Kind of just, you know, keeping tabs on what they're doing. Rumblestone would attempt to be good-natured about it and include him in the conversations where he he wanted. <laughs> he doesn't want to be included in the conversation. Emo. Emo Roberto. <laughs> so like I said, after about a week and a half, you eventually find yourself um, above the city of Fallis. You land in the port district um, on the upper area, the more posh area of Fallis. By this time, the captain has stopped being such a sourpuss about everything. He kind of, the first couple of days, he's just like, ugh, I just don't know. I just don't know. But by the end of it, he kind of forgets why he was upset. He doesn't have the energy. He doesn't have the energy to pretend he's an introvert. And so by the end, once you get back, he's like, a marvelous time. And the next time you need a ship, please look for us. And you can see the dwarves are climbing up and starting to take down some of the frills and decorations and stuff. But they waited until they got to the dock to visibly take everything down. Well, Vasa would have hugged. Uh the gambler captain very hard and slapped him hard on the back and everything. Just been like, Captain, it was an honor. He says, anytime you guys need a ride, you let me know. Yeah. Hearty handshake. Hearty handshake done. indeed. And so with that, he starts walking around and he's, you can hear him like walk up to different people and be like, have you ever thought about being a customer of the greatest airship, the sea, the skies I've ever seen? And like, just, he's starting to throw his pitches out and stuff. And yeah, that's how he gets his uh, customers. Vasa would have been like, all right, Let's go see what that fool Tompkins is up to now. <laughs> Are you going to the shop or to, um... What time of the... If it's day, I'll go to the shop. If it's evening, I'll go to his home. Alright, so as you walk in, almost as if he's never left, is the same gentleman in the cool blue sweater vest with the dark red shirt and the bow tie that's slightly askew and the narrow square glasses uh, that he adjusts as he squints and looks over and he's like... <gasps> And as soon as he sees uh, Erdobe, he's like, Mother! Oh, Monty, it's good to see you again. And he kind of like runs over and he kind of gives you like a big old hug. Aww. And he's like, where did you go? I forget. Oh, to Koznik. Um, oh, how's Torrance? Uh, I thought he was dead. Turns out he's not. That's good news. Mother. Uh. And then you hear someone in the back say, Mother. Mother. And then coming out in a little stock boy's apron and little clothes is Tompkins. <gasps> who has like his hair parted down the middle and his hair combed as if he's trying to like be professional. And he's like, he's carrying like a whole bunch of these like, this like clearance box of um little robots. And uh, he drops them and he's like... Erdelby um, runs to him and embraces him in the biggest He hug. takes a step back. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She flings herself at him. Nah! 
Yeah, Vasa strides over as well and just, like, grips his shoulder really hard. Like, maybe enough to hurt, but she's looking really proud of him. He's like, Tompkins, you son of a gun. You waited. You waited. (laughs) (laughs) I look so confused. And he's looking at you guys, looking at Tin, looking back at Ertleby, looking at Monty. And he's like... And Vasa's like, Tompkins, if you had been with us, you would have died for sure. Be grateful we left you. I'm not grateful for anything. Are you kidding me? We didn't mean to leave you behind. Yes, you did. You specifically sent me a letter that said, wait. Oh. Good for you, Tompkins. You follow the letter and instructions. I know sometimes that goes past you. Good job, Tompkins. But when we were leaving, we didn't mean to. It was just kind of a, oh, we're going to be back in five minutes. And next thing you know, we're on a ship that's about weeks away. Just like Obrimos, where you didn't really mean to leave me, but you did leave me. But it was an. But Tompkins, Tompkins, look, and then she would have like pulled open her vest a little bit, and then she would have shown the larger shard. The much we got a second one, and then she would have tucked it away. Tin would go up to him and put a hand on his shoulder and say, "If we didn't care about you, we wouldn't have come back." Doubt that you brought me all the way to this other world and left me here. Shh, shh, shh. She would <laughs> no, no, no. He takes a step back. He's like this isn't okay. Like, this isn't going to be like this thing where we laugh about it and go. Like, this isn't going to be the way it works. Like, I had no idea what the rest of my life was going to be like. I don't know if you guys know this, but I can't find Mercurius. I can't go back home. But Tompkins, I got you a present. I was thinking about you. <laughs> what did you get me? And she takes out a small pouch and inside are some seeds. She's like, these are rare seeds. This, the captain told me, so I had to pay gold for these. Like, here, I got them for you. We live on a on a planet right now that we don't have to farm. No, that's not the point. They're, they're <laughs> rare. And I, I know you like to tinker with things. And I thought that you could tinker out a pot to carry these with you and grow them. Because that's what halflings like. I paid gold for these for you. <laughs> Erdelby would get out her yeah. exfoliation book and she would like flip to the page that the little halfling girl had drawn on and she'd just like hold it up to Tompkins' face and be like Tompkins, what do you think of this picture? Um, I think that you didn't really learn how to draw after a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to think about it? You, you come you come for us with these these words accusing us of being hurtful, and then you go and say something like that. All I wanted to do was show you some art. But then Erdelby would, would get serious and say, We spoke to a man called the Nomad. Have you heard of him? How did you find him? Did you go out into the pasture? Is he normally in a pasture? Oh, he's a nomad. Doesn't he walk around? Doesn't he... He was in Cosmo. Oh. He's just looking around like, what? I mean... Brummelstone is explaining all of the dynamic relationships to Claiborne. <laughs> he's to like, catch no, and before you go on, he's like, <laughs> guys, I'm serious, like... I guess you guys don't understand. I... I don't... Like, I worry, but I also, I don't want it to be like this, like, where we wander into some whole new world, you set me down somewhere, and then I just have to wait the rest of my life and hope that you all come back? Can I just say, Tompkins, 
we're we're new we were new to adventuring, okay? We hadn't really gotten the knack of it. And we realized our mistake almost immediately when it was too late to turn back. So we're really sorry. It won't happen again. We realize that you're part of our group and that you need to be with us at all times and we are sorry. And Claiborne's like, why is he part of your group? Shh, Claiborne. And he's like, who is this? <laughs> Bremelstone's girlfriend. But yeah, Bremelstone would say, uh, Tompkins, awesome. this is Claiborne, uh, treasure hunter, and original, the person who had the shard. And Claiborne, this is Tompkins. He's the nomad who knows how to get through worlds. He's like, I'm not a nomad. Or he's the, just sorry, he's, and... he's the... Yeah, I misspoke. I would have said the right word. Oh, sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> he's the halfling who knows how to get through worlds. And she's like, how does he know how to get through worlds? And he's like, how do you know how to sweet talk Brummelstone? <gasps> and like, she's like, she's just looking offended now. Like, I don't. Did we come all the way here for this? Sass train is pulling into the station. <laughs> he's like, and I got terrible news. Your bird is gone. What? Raven too? Your bird showed up here, and then, like, it just kind of exploded the celestial dust? Shit. No. Is that what it's supposed to do? Yeah, he would explain the magic behind it. It's, I had to summon like, another I, one, and do, one fades. Don't send me any more birds, then. That was heartbreaking. <laughs> Imagining Tompkins, like, being, like, a friend. <laughs> He looks kind of like really kind of messed up at this point where he's just like <laughs> he's totally shell shocked. Um, Tompkins, we're so so sorry. Um, you would not believe what we've been through, but that's not the point. The point is we left you, and that was a mistake on our part. And yeah, I, we apologize very, very um profusely because we didn't, you know, it was an accident. And but that that's not an excuse either. It's just you you're an important part. Of our story, of our first story, <laughs> you're an important part of our group, and of, you're part of our family. He's starting to warm up a little bit, but like Claiborne's staring at Rumblestone, like, "Don't listen to her. I don't like her." And Tompkins kind of warms up. <laughs> what if we all went and got drinks together? Boss is like, "Oh my god, yes." <laughs> yeah, we we've it's been, been so long. Yeah. Claiborne, Tompkins, drinks. She kind of shrugs. Sure, that's wherever we're going. Let's go back to that tavern. And Vasa's eyes are very bright, and she looks a lot happier. She's like, yeah, yeah, back to that tavern. You know, the tavern where everybody was drinking and, like, happy. Nothing was trying to kill us. And uh, it's, <laughs> before anyone else, it's Tompkins who's like, well, are you looking for the midnight oil or the cask of armadillos? Midnight oil. The one that was really great. That was full of uh, forged. That's the midnight oil. But hey, wait, wait, Roberto. Yes. Did, wait, Monty, did you make those bagpipes? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Dude. And I mean this, I'm being as honest as I can, guys. Did you pay for them? Oh, yeah. We paid you, what was it, five gold? Cool. I, for, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> five for the making. You see as he, his, his clearance wall has extended, by the way, Erdelby, seemingly unrelated to his inability to remember payment. And you know, he wanders off and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get him real quick. Oh, my God. I'm and, so excited. Uh, I, don't even, I can't even remember my cat. He anymore. comes out, which is 
with something that's either going to um, inspire you when it comes... Like, if you know anything about bagpipes, the idea that Roberto is about to play a big windbag instrument with his not mouth is either super exciting or super concerning. If you don't know <laughs> about these bagpipes and how they were commissioned... Okay. <laughs> um, those who have faith that Roberto ordered the right kind of bagpipes are either delighted that he's about to get something really cool or scared at his proficiency levels. This is like where Brummelstone becomes like very excited like a child and is telling like Claiborne and like, you have to hear this. These are bagpipes and they're amazing and Roberto's the best that I know of them and they're, they're going to be great. Vasa shoves her fingers in her ears in preparation. And Tomkins is like, you guys can't play that in here. Like, we gotta go outside. Yes! Still play- the world should know. We may not get any business, but it is a place of business. Tompkins, you're right as always. Come on! Okay. <laughs> so you guys get outside and Claiborne okay. just hands in, her, in the pockets of her cloak like, oh my god. So, <laughs> Roberto takes the bagpipes and he just tests it out a little bit. He just goes... The mecha pipes. <laughs> Rumblestone is weeping at the beauty. Vasa says, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and anyone who would know about bagpipes has realized that, like, he has commissioned a set of bagpipes that don't require him to blow in yes. them. It's a uh, so like the machine. It's like there's a okay. there's a pair of bellows. Are bellows to keep under your arm that blows a continuous stream of air into it. So I can actually. So the bagpipes you can actually just play and. You know, you don't. Have, you could just go yeah. like this, basically, <gasps> the whole time. And he's he's arm it. farting into the backpack. Yeah. Arm farting, yeah, exactly. Appropriate <laughs> for the so. God, they're so good. <laughs> um, that was incredible. Yeah. And um, everything about the butt is an instrument. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm tempted to play. I still have that song I wrote about Brummelstone while I was in jail, <gasps> but that's for another time. Is it for the Midnight Oil? <laughs> Hmm, maybe. Then again, I do need to make some Lamani, so maybe if I could get people to pay for it. Does Monty have any weapons in his shop? No. Okay. I didn't know if maybe no, he, no. like, once, like, accepted a rapier as, like, down payment for the something. The only thing that seems to be selling in the uh, area is his um, new line of, um, uh, his bot bees. Yes. Are they any better? Yeah. Yes. Uh, there haven't been a lot of improvements in terms of um, empathy, <laughs> but he has a line of sanctuary toys that non-Forge seem to love. Nice. Oh no! What is, describe the sanctuary toys. So the sanctuary toys look just like sanctuary there, um, but like exaggerated. So he has like massive arms and a wide-barreled chest. Um, his uh, waist is incredibly thin and just has like a almost like a big ball joint for the <laughs> pelvic area, and then it has like thin legs and then like super thick like robot legs underneath, like uh, the knees and down, and then the hands are enormous and they fully rotate. <laughs> 
And they actually, as you close them, they lock. So they can hold far more than you would think they'd be able to. Sounds handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty impressive. He has a cape. Uh, they each have a cape as well. Um, which, if you've ever seen Sanctuary, the actual forge in real life, um, that is an extremely religious item of, that he wears, only for like big ceremonial devotions. And it might explain why, like, if it, if it doesn't feel right for you, let me know, Tin. But, like, you see that, like, as he turns it around, and you're like, oh, whoa. It'd be the idea of, like, finding, like, that they sell, like, a Jesus toy at, at the local um, Dollar General. <laughs> but then finding they have a cross in there as well that you can totally throw him on. And he has, like, magnets in his palms that will just, like, help him just anchor <laughs> You've obviously never been to a Dollar General in the South. <laughs> I suddenly want this toy so bad. That's, that that oh comes in every God. happy It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, they seem really cool to other people. But, uh, yeah, like, Tin, you see it and you're just like, just some, like, either, like, Upset or disgusted by it, possibly, depending on where you fall on the spectrum. Yeah, and I would make that very clear, because I am <laughs> not one to hold back my thoughts. <laughs> what do you say? That's disgusting and offensive. <laughs> and he's like, oh, is it dirty? And he's looking down at it, trying to clean it off. And he's just like, he takes like like one of his like like work rags, and he's like... <laughs> just like, like scrubbing the... <laughs> I was like, okay, so just like imagine, like if you had a Jesus toy, right? And just imagine like this Jesus person was really important. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm getting at is it's super offensive. It's like just not cool. No, we sell a lot of them. A lot of people come in and buy them, and they make I... them fly, and like you can actually like break them apart and rebuild them really easy. So people will like punch him and he oh falls apart god. but then he gets back up because you know you can't keep sanctuary down like oh god it's <laughs> just like i've been through a lot i don't want to deal with people's shit anymore <laughs> she how many are there <laughs> there's like 10 left she would probably just scoop them up in her arms and just like uh carry them with her and and he's like, oh, that's, that's two, ten, it's 20 gold. You'll get your gold later. <laughs> mom! Like, straight up mom's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ertleby pretends not to hear. Ten would also turn, and when he does mom, she'd be like, Ertleby? <laughs> so <laughs> then, she was straight up Ertleby. <laughs> and then Vasa would speak up and say, so Monty, have you been paying Tompkins to work for you for this past week's? Yeah. What have you been paying him? And Tompkins like, uh, he pays me room and board. Mm, that doesn't seem to cover the full labor. No, not great. Not great, Tompkins says. And he's already got his like his uh his stock boy apron off and he's <laughs> like, I have uh, good news and bad news and it's the same news. Uh I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to me, Monty, that you sort of owe him some back wages, so why don't you just let her have the statues and we'll call it even? No, that's my livelihood. It's so many people buy. I'm sorry, Monty. What are the labor laws here? 
Is a room and board an acceptable form of payment, or yeah, <laughs> labor laws? Ertleby, uh, Ertleby, like raises her hand and says, "Even though I have long been a supporter of the forged, in theory, I did not realize for a long time that I was calling them offensive names, like robot. I have learned the error of my ways by getting to know Tin and Roboto." And for that reason, to make amends for this, I would like to buy these toys for them from you, my son Monty. But I only have ten yeah, gold, sure. so you're getting ten I'll gold. I'll cut you a deal. Um, but also, this gold comes with a price. Monty, you no, need to go on I the only... same journey I went. You need to talk to your forged friends and get their opinions on what you're doing. Can I have one? Tin, can I have one? I lost. Yeah, come here, Roberto. Let's go I, stomp on them together. I, I mean, I, I as in, can I have one to keep? Because I had robots, but I lost them in the dungeon. No, it's offensive. After Tin stomps on one, I do pick it up and try to put it back together. It tries to lock together, but it doesn't want to work the right way anymore. Tin smacks it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Crumblestone oh, whispers, or like leans over to Vasa and be like, we really need to get her a drink. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> tense. In the background, Ertleby has started whispering, midnight oil, midnight oil. <laughs> and Tomkin's like, midnight oil, midnight oil. I'll let you have the oil. I know, I can't keep tempo. Go do it again. Midnight oil, midnight. Oh, sorry. Um... <laughs> And with that, you head to the midnight oil. Business is not great. There's not a lot of forged in here right now. Um, seems like it's seen some better days, but that means that it's not hard to get a seat. So yeah. you guys grab a good chair, good set of chairs next to a good uh, table, and get your drink orders in, and you're sitting there enjoying yourselves. How is Claiborne handling all this? <laughs> no, she's she's just quiet. She's just kind of like she's just letting everything happen. Just guys, she's about to break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a really Good. bad boyfriend. So, so Vasa, um, she would be obviously drinking her her drink very heartily, and she's she seems quite happy, even though she's. She looks she, like she might be holding me back because she occasionally glances towards the door and glances at the corner, sort of scoping everybody out in the tavern to make sure her passive perception doesn't go down or anything in case shit goes down. <laughs> but if nothing kind of triggers her paranoia, she would actually sort of pull her seat aside and um, closer to Tompkins and um, lower her voice and just sort of start quietly telling him what has transpired in the in their travels to Cosmic and sort of what went down over the course days. And her demeanor and the way she's speaking to him, it's a lot more respectful and serious than she has ever really treated him. So okay. and, and it doesn't matter whether he sees like he looks flabbergasted or whether he looks like he's listening. It doesn't matter. She's just speaking to him very um, calmly and as if he's an equal. And then the moment she's sort of and once she's done and she's keeping her voice low, like you would have to be really near to sort of overhear what she's relaying. She's not exactly announcing it to the tavern. And then once she's done, she kind of straightens up and her demeanor changes back to the sort of like flippant fuck you Tompkins attitude. And she slaps on the back. She's like, so now you know. And then she goes back to drinking with the crowd. And he says, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Um, 
So here's, let me go back to a part of your story. Lots of burps. Um, <laughs> really logistically. Loud. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> uh, let me go back to a part of your story. You said you guys started dreaming about the nightmares. And um, now Voss is looking a little tipsy. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, right, right, grandmother. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, right." Yeah, yeah, let's just, sure, why, why, why? Yeah, see, it did happen. We've just been taking turns sleeping. Wait, what? You've been taking turns sleeping? With the magical matter. amulet of no dreams. What magical amulet? This one. And as soon as you pull it out, he's like, you should not be using that, are you kidding me? What is it? What? 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 Hmm. Boss is like, wait, 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 before you say anything, and she pours herself another drink, she tops herself (laughs) off, and she takes a deep slick, and she's like, okay, now tell us. You you need to take that off. You can't be using that. What is it? What's wrong with it? It keeps you from dreaming. Yeah, that's how we've been staying alive. We don't want to summon any nightmare creatures. No, 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 no. That's that's wrong. You, you, You can't not dream. Uh, yes, we can. We just did. You? Why would you think dreaming's not good? Because it brings the deadly monsters that almost killed you, Tompkins. Come on, keep up. And he looks terrified. He's like, come on, guys, I'm serious. Like, this is why you have to keep me with you. You you gotta take that away. You gotta throw it away. But what will prevent the nightmares from coming and slaughtering this entire city? Us leaving. I'll get us out of here. And we can't just keep on doing this forever. We have to, you know, this is kind of, I mean, it's a temporary solution, but it is a and solution. And he looks, he looks kind of sad, and he's like, you guys are doing all this, and you don't understand the importance of dreaming? Sorry that we were in a bit of a rush being chased by nightmares out of the world. Sorry we didn't get an intro class to this whole adventuring thing, Tompkins. It's not, hey, hey, look. And he's, like, really serious. Like, he's not taking offense to that at all. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not talking about adventuring. I'm saying that you need dreams. Like, for one, you you can't even get a full night's night's rest without dreams. And at this point, we haven't. I've been. I haven't had to tell you guys yet because it hasn't come up in any way that would affect you. Um, when you wear that amulet, you're only getting half health and half hit dice back each night. <gasps> so yeah, he's like, it. You'll wear yourselves ragged, but that's the least of your concerns. If you don't dream, you don't hope. You don't experience life like the longer you wear something like that the more it's going to tear you apart and whittle you down and take away take away your humanity i mean oh no no tomkins i have my humanity right here and up to here are my hopes and here's the special little layer there <laughs> that's where dreams are yeah he just kind of shakes his head and, and he's like drinks it more. Th- that's even even worse Vasa, even worse, you're going to fool yourself into thinking that you don't need certain things in your life. Those rocks come from the deep dark of the dreaming. 
They are mined from dead dreams and forgotten hopes. Those rock suppressed dreams. And by doing that, they they take your soul. They take the the one part of you that nothing else ever could. Like to not dream is so much worse of fate than you can possibly imagine. With without dreams, you can't live your life and you you can't love. It's at that point that uh Claiborne kind of shifts and she pulls out her pendant. And uh, she says, uh, my pendant has been breaking more and more throughout this week. And she looks at it. When you guys look at it, it's like half shattered. Like it's ready to crumble if it got hit too hard. And she's like, so I guess I know why. And she kind of, she does like a real quick glance over at Brummelstone. Uh, but, and then looks down and she doesn't say anything else. And Tompkins kind of smiles at that, and he's like, you guys can't wear those. I know that it's going to be tough, and I know the nightmares can find us wherever we go, but, like, if you try and fight those pendants too long, you're going to start withdrawing from the world. You're going to start becoming bitter and distant and hard to reach, and it's going to get to a point where it's going to burrow into you, into your heart. And keep you from coming back out. Glad we found you, Tompkins. That rings true for all of you when you look over at Claiborne and the way she's withdrawn from everybody recently, and the way she's been quiet and angry and confrontational recently. Thought it was just a lover spat. Yeah, I just thought I was being a bad boyfriend. <laughs> she was just like, mm, 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 mm. This was a good summer can... fling, but mm, it's school year. And no, yeah, no, I'm bro. Just continue whatever you're doing. It's fine. <laughs> I understand why you'd want to use them, but as someone, as someone who spent a lot of time running away from things, I can tell you it's it's not going to help. Like, we'll fight the nightmares when they come every single time, but we can't. I can't do it this way. Grumman Sound would be like, you make a valid point, and I'm always up for a fight. And he'd put his hand in the middle, and he would say, you have my sw- my word that I will not use them. Uh, Erdely would do the same, and say like, you are the expert. Uh, Vasa would say, uh, Grandmother, pass me the pendant. And then she stows it in the pocket and she says, never say never. We we don't know when we might need to sleep, even though the nightmares are upon our are, are upon our minds. We can't so casually dispose of such a precious last uh, last uh, what's that phrasing goes last last resort last resort yeah. And she says, but until that la- until we are, our backs are against the wall, we should listen to Tompkins and we should not use this. Tompkins says. I I respect your decision, but you should know that it'll take you faster than anybody else if you think like that. Well, that's great, Tompkins. I'm glad we picked you up. I've missed you. <laughs> he he kind of looks down sad. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is, Thank you. Yeah, Brumblestone would like whisper over to Tompkins or uh, Claiborne and be like, this is the real reason we keep Tompkins around. <laughs> <laughs> and she just kind of looks and... 
<laughs> Vasa like reaches over and like pours herself another drink. She's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Not Jesus Christ, but you know. So that means that to- after tonight, we have to get the fuck out of this city. And Claiborne starts to reach for her pendant, and she looks at you, Brummelstone. Brummelstone would make like a little nod. You see her pull the necklace off, like pull the pendant off, and then as she places it on the table, it just gives and shatters. And you didn't notice her bad posture, but as soon as she takes it off, she kind of, the strength kind of returns to her spine and she kind of brings herself upright a little bit. And it looks like this huge weight has actually been lifted from her that she didn't even know she had. She just kind of fills with this vigor and looks around and she kind of smiles and she looks like she's breathing for the first time in a long time. And then light begins to pull back from the area as shadows stretch further and further out from all things. Within moments, you're surrounded by imposing figures of darkness as they begin peeling themselves off of the walls, the sickening sound turning your stomachs as they take shape. Dripping like oil, barely humanoid creatures loom over you, their eyes white and their teeth made of jagged spikes. Claiborne is absolutely motionless, frozen in a moment of fear you'd never expect from her. And we have to stop there. Fucking knew it, fucking tough, because I hope they take him first. Thanks for listening to episode 41. Were you able to get my cat? If you want more World Walkers in your life, you can visit our website at worldwalkerspodcast.com. You can also find us at worldwalkerspod on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod. Thanks to Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com for the music in this episode. And thanks as always to Sirenscape for the sound effects you heard. You can find them at sirenscape.com. I don't want to go in the direction, the opposite direction of Phallus. I want to get to Phallus and find Monty and find out Tom and find Tompkins. Get those yeah, pipes. that seems like the best. Let's get those bagpipes. <laughs> Let's get Roberto a second date. <laughs> oh my god, Roberto's oh. girlfriend! Uh, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> so, is there a chance, like, I'm trying to remember, is like, is there a chance that we could fly through there and not be attacked by them? And pass sure. safely? Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. And then the How fact big that is we your are- sneak area? <laughs> yeah. Can we just put ourselves in a fog cloud? <laughs> Cast the veil of shadows. It's just one cloud. Just- <laughs> Nothing to see up there, guys. It's a lot of farts. It's Roberto. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. All right. Here's an idea. It's a fog cloud um, that Brummelstone and I use Thunder Wave from. So we like make it look like lightning's coming from the cloud. Um, and then they worship us, but they don't, okay, they don't no. associate it with a person. A- Vasa says, grandmother, it's like, no. a, it's <laughs> like a <laughs> that they can't, they don't know it's us. It just looks like a, like an intelligent cloud. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you fucking with my chill? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you describe the captain like what he looked like because in my head he looks like a used car salesman 
he has a uh, thick, heavy boots and gloves, a large set of oversized keys that hang from his belt, and a wide grin that stretches the length of his face. These are the attributes you first notice about the individual standing before you. That's all I gave of him. I'm just gonna imagine him as like a really fat, um, like a like a kind of a stocky, fat version of that captain of Firefly. With the like big swaggerish <laughs> smile and everything, and the kind of debonair <laughs> attitude, but also a bit little indulgent. My mind, he's balding. You know, it's just like... yeah, yeah. He's definitely balding a little bit, but he's he's got a stronger hairline than Brummelstone. He's got a he's got a widow's peak. Yeah, know? yeah, widow's like a drastic peak going on. Yeah, like which a is hearty, what, which is hearty really beard. what Brummelstone has. It's like his whole head is just a widow's peak, like a hearty beard. Um, <laughs> While Pedro's doing that. Guys, we survived the cellar. We got out of our people. Nobody died. We did it. Well, somebody Yay. died. But nobody that was integral oh, yes. to the plot. <laughs> so yes. sad. That's the midnight oil. Whoa, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Boss is just having a little parent. She's like, Monty? Uh... He's just off to the side, really wishing that he was a part of his mother's conversations. <laughs> oh, okay. But he's pretty happy. It's not like he's like upset, like, come on, mom. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, then she I can't was, wait. So then she, was, she would look to Tompkins and she's like, wait, wait, wait. Has anything strange been going on in the city? Has there been more patrols? Have the Forge been acting odd? Is there anything to indicate that the city is stirring? Well, he looks around. He's like, I mean, you guys heard about Sanctuary, right? You mean the Forged Leader Sanctuary? Yeah, he's missing. What? what? Oh, yeah. That was a subplot. <laughs> What? She just puts she puts her hands on her head. She's like, I can't, just can't have a drink in peace. Well, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, let's just go have a drink, Tom. Yeah, says. let's let's go out and talk about it. So far, I've been I've been keeping track of stuff, and it ha- you guys have been able to top off each time because you haven't really been in big fights and stuff like that. And you haven't lo- lost a lot of resources. Oh, sure, haven't really You're- been in big fights. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Where you've been so beaten up and then needed to sleep after. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. I know, I was just giving you a hard time. (laughs) No, that's legit. (laughs) You guys have been playing it pretty safe. Sorry, Um, I've been doing so well that, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.